Hey, I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Icebreaker edition. edition. (laughs) I got you. Icebreaker because of ice being a previous. (gasps) Yes. Maybe we we should call it. We talked about the ice in the previous episode and now we're going to break that ice. Or maybe we should call this the ice floater episode. The ice floater. (laughs) (laughs) The floating icebreaker says our audience. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes Jam and I can con my husband, who we both really like, Mm -hmm. to hang out with us while we record, which basically... I don't know if it's that fun for him, but it's really fun for us. Yeah, we we both just like having an audience, which <laughs> I guess shouldn't surprise you guys because here you are <laughs> listening to this podcast. But having a live audience just, I guess, makes us feel a little bit more attention. <laughs> he doesn't do or say anything, but we just like having him around. Yes, that's true. He makes comments sometimes. But. Sometimes, but maybe we can get him to come over and answer some questions as well through our our icebreaker because today's episode is going to be a little bit different Mm -hmm. in preparation for me traveling to Canada as we've mentioned before and Jam's baby to arrive we're recording ahead of time and Q&Rs are actually very difficult to do that with because we can't get questions from you on episodes that you haven't heard yet yeah which is on you guys yeah why aren't you also listening to these ahead of time you guys are always so behind it's like you can't you don't even have a question until you've already heard a thing that is so weird so today's episode we're gonna do one of our traditions of randomly doing this of icebreaker and get to know you questions and then in september you can expect to things to go back to normal yeah but jam won't have things going back to normal because he'll have two children now yeah normal is long gone for me Actually, by the time you're listening to this, there's a very good chance that Jam has had baby number two in the world. Yeah, it's very, it's very possible. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, and we're also just because we're switching things up, I'm going to ask Jam questions this week because I don't get to do that very much. Yeah. Usually I'm the one asking the questions because I don't have the answers. That's true. Like, just think about it. So, but do you have answers to these? I hope so. I guess we'll see. So the first question is, if you could be any type of animal, what would it be? This is from Renee, my sister, and she said, think Animorphs. Did anyone else read the the Animorphs book? I didn't, but I always liked looking at the covers. Yeah. For some reason, I never read them. I don't know if they thought they might be a little scary or something, but the way they did the covers and, you know, transforming into the thing was always cool. I think we read them like out loud as a family, actually. Interesting. The other thing you could think of is like Animag- Animagus or Animagus in Harry Potter. That's what it's called when they can turn into animals. Okay, I have an answer already. You do? But what's tough is this. I think the only thing I can think of is also like one of my favorite animals is. So okay. it's a similar answer. Yeah. Those two different questions. But I'm really interested in birds of prey. Oh. And also if you could turn into something... Being a bird would be so cool. I mean, being able to fly, be way up there. Um, So peregrine falcons are the fastest animal. Just because when they dive bomb, the terminal velocity reaches like insane. So 
but also they're just cool. They look great. They look awesome. They're yeah. fascinating. Flying would be incredible. If I could morph into one or be a whatever yeah. the Harry Potter thing is, uh, that would be so cool. It'd be so useful. I mean, that I would think, be useful. I mean, like they are so fast, so I could travel quickly to places. Um, <laughs> yeah, carrying things in my talon like a baby or whatever. Like a baby. Yeah. Mason just suggested that off mic, but I'm yeah. not sure carrying a baby. Well, I don't know. The the eagles, spoiler alert, at the end of Lord of the Rings do carry the hobbits in their talons and That's they're true. safe. Yeah, those are some massive eagles. But yeah, so I mean, there's options. I think there could be a lot of utility to being a bird um, and being able to morph into and out of bird mode. Yeah. Um, in my everyday life right now, I could get benefit of it out of it right now. So what about you? For some reason, when I thought about what animal I would be, the first thing that came to my mind was a penguin, (laughs) 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 which isn't useful, but I think I like being cold and I do feel kind of clumsy and weird sometimes. (laughs) So that maybe I just relate to penguins, but if I could choose something that would be really useful. Okay. I've gone back and forth a little bit and I, Try to think of something that would be useful. It could be fun to be a deer because you could just like play around in the woods all day, but they can get shot. Right. And I don't think I'm graceful enough to be a deer, honestly, or physically active enough. And then we thought of the idea of a bear. And I think that's kind of accurate because I can get mad pretty quickly, especially over like my children, you know, like mama bear situation. Yeah. People who I perceive to be having a hard time protecting themselves, I'll like very quickly get angry in defense of the injustice. Yeah. And then I can really quickly bring it back down and I just want to like hang out and eat dessert. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. And they love honey. Yeah. Bears have such distinct modes. Like you could like, yeah. you know, like watch videos of bears where they don't know they're being observed and they're just chilling. Yes. They're just having fun. The cubs are playing, the mama's watching, whatever. And then you hear the stories. Of yeah. And they f- feel threatened. And I think um, I also, if I'm like having a hard time, I just like shut down and sleep a lot. And that's kind of like hibernation, the low energy Mm -hmm. situation. And so I can just identify with a lot of what happens in a bear's life. So I think if I got to choose, I'd probably choose something cool, like an octopus or like something like I could, or a dolphin, you could be in water. Octopus can do a lot of really amazing things, you know, there'd be some really cool stuff. But I feel like if I'm choosing one that represents me. Yeah. It's probably a bear. And you would gain some benefits. They're strong. I'd be strong. They can climb. They can do stuff. So, yeah. I like that one. That's a good one. Yeah, good choice. Okay, so the next question is from Bordro B. And they said, what's your favorite type of ice cream? Wow. Okay. Great question. Um, I, we have a really awesome little ice cream shop here in Yeah, we do. Called Beth Marie's. And they have a type of ice cream there called Sinful Oat. Don't worry. Hold your horses. Spell with a C. <laughs> like cinnamon oat. Yeah, because food is amoral inherently. Yeah, it's oatmeal cookies basically it, but Sinful Oat is much more fun of a name and yeah. creative and stuff. Cinnamon, but yeah. I love oatmeal cookies. And not everything that you love translates into ice cream, but let me tell you that... Oatmeal cookies translate amazingly into ice cream, yeah. at least when Beth Marie's does it. And it's a super, super good ice cream. Yeah. It used to be seasonal, but they have it all the time now. And it's the best. And anytime I try 
ice cream somewhere else, if they if there happens to be an MO cookie version, which is not common, but it's happened a couple times, it's always good also. Yeah. So oatmeal cookie in ice cream form is my favorite kind of ice cream. So that's interesting. I used to be a solidly chocolate ice cream kind of a girl. Uh-huh. Especially if it had like a little bit of raspberry in it. Ooh, interesting. There was a groom's cake ice cream for one season uh-huh. from Bluebell. Uh-huh. That was that. That was my jam. It was nice. chocolate and it had these little chocolate hearts with like raspberry in it. And there's a very similar one also at Beth Marie's that's chocolate raspberry uh-huh. that I really liked. But I've been very into this one at Beth Marie's called Salty Dog lately. Interesting. It's like, I don't know what the base flavor is, but I think it is a salty caramel toffee type thing. Uh-huh. And it's very good. And there's a similar one that you can get anywhere uh-huh. that Tillamook brand sells only in the pints. Nice. And it's a custard one and it's called Honeycomb Toffee, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's really good and it's always light and fluffy, but I like to add my own homemade granola with oats in it. Nice. To give it a little crunch because I want a little bit more crunch than what it has. Or maybe even like a crunched up ice cream cone would do it for you. Yeah. But it's really good. That sounds very good. They're kind of in the same family. I've been into that family of ice creams lately. Nice. You salty dog. <laughs> Adding your own ingredients to the yeah. ice cream at the store. Wow. That, is, what a salty dog move. Because I wanted the texture. I want the crunch like I'm eating an ice cream cone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, nice. And when you walk into that, that ice cream shop, it smells so good because they make their own waffle cones yeah totally it smells like happiness if you i mean some of you guys listeners live here and so you know we're talking about it's it's very normal it's a staple of denton if you ever pass through denton you don't live here if you've ever passed through denton you gotta go to beth marie's yeah sorry i mean the ice cream i feel like if you have a specialty ice cream shop it'd probably be similar but not a lot of places do and the flavors are just really good and innovative and delicious yep Mm -hmm. okay next question I really like this one and the next one. They're kind of deep. Okay. Actually, the next three. The next one is how do you want to affect people around you? Mm. And my answer to that one is really easy. I just, I want to love people well. It's easy to say. It's not easy to do. I want to love people well and I want to help those people sort of as an act of love, as a flowing out of that love to see the beauty in science and make them understand that they it is accessible that they yeah. can understand it because a lot of people don't. And I feel like when you get to see it, it's, it is really beautiful. Yeah. And so that all of the work that I do sort of flows out of my hope to help people feel loved and help them see the beauty in this world that we're in. Nice. I think that's, that's mostly my goal. I mean, Day to day, I, I don't know how well I live that out always, <laughs> but that's my overarching goal of the work that I've chosen and the things I invest in and the way I spend time with people. Yeah. Mm, this is so hard to do off the cuff. Um, a couple things. I think that at least in my mind, most of the time I am trying to do, but not definitely not all the time. Like you're saying, like there's some of these, most yeah. things are things that are easy to say, hard to do. I, I regularly try, try to um, make sure people feel heard 
yeah, around me. You're really good at that. But I'm I am not inherently trying to be an agreeable person about everything. Yeah. So I don't err toward people pleasing very often. Mm-hmm. But I, that's okay because I think there are plenty of situations where people just need to be heard. Yeah. And that's something I also appreciate whenever I feel heard. So that's one thing. And this comes especially kind of from the marketing side of things that I used to do a lot more of, but to hope that the the way I affect people around me is that I, I hope that I can clarify slash simplify stuff mm. um, in any form of communication, in yeah. any relationships or whatever, there's messiness and also just things get muddled or whatever. So I would like to be somebody who clarifies, simplifies kind of stuff when I'm around things. That's funny because both of our goals of how to affect people is also the role we play in this podcast. (laughs) I didn't think about that until halfway through saying, I was like, Oh, that's basically what What we do in this show. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think though you're good at making people feel heard. Jam and I have conflict a lot, not really because we disagree. Like our base values are pretty similar. Like we care a lot about loving people. Well, we care a lot about justice. We care a lot about, you know, like promoting those voices that aren't often heard very effectively, that kind of thing. Like all of those big values we agree on, but then we really disagree on stupid crap a lot. Yeah, <laughs> That's like a classic thing. Yeah. But when we have real disagreement, I always leave that feeling heard. Yeah. And some of the, even stu- if we don't agree at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for people who have as strong opinions as we do, yeah, it's a testament. We both get credit. That we don't have bigger fights that end really badly. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? that's so true. Uh, which it is, but I also do love how many times we have had half half serious, but half kidding <laughs> arguments about really stupid stuff. Yeah, and we're both completely um, rigid in our. Yes. In our beliefs about it from the beginning. And we stay that way through the entire thing. And, and everyone around us is uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, especially our spouses, or maybe they're not that comfortable anymore. Maybe they're used to it, but they do not care. Yeah. They're, they're over, like, so anyway. It. Yeah. <laughs> but when we have real conflict about not stupid stuff, I yeah. do think we don't have that same attitude. Right. We, we know when it's important to like actually communicate and when we're just kind of screwing around, but we are right. Yeah. Is how we feel. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The next question is what is something that is not on your resume that you're most proud of? Dang, these are hard. I know that's from, I don't know if I said the last one was from Mina. This one is from Katie J. This is a real life friend of ours. Nice. And I got to think about this a little bit longer and I've been thinking about it and something happened and I was like, oh, that's it for me. So I can share first if you need some time to think. Okay. So I was thinking about this and I thought, I don't know, getting my PhD is a pretty big deal convincing Mason to marry me. He's really nice. I don't know how I did that. Like those are some things I'm really proud of. One that is work related though, that came up is some of my students, we were kind of going through their exam and they were, I noticed that a lot of them were kind of freaking out and we like stopped and did a debrief and address some of those things. And a lot of them sent me emails about how much it's meant to them to have a teacher who's empathetic Mm. and patient. And I, I want to shout out Dr. Trent Parsons actually 
listens to this show. And she helped me think about the fact that my students for the most part are really trying their best. And if they're not meeting my expectations or whatever, I used to get really frustrated and be like, why don't they care? Why don't they this or that? Mm. And she said that she's noticed that if when her students are having our time and she figures out what's going on, it's not usually because they're just like, screw you. I don't care about learning in this class. It's usually because they have all these other things going on and they don't know how to manage if, and if I was in that same position, I would probably also not be doing well. Mm. And that has been a big shift for me. And I think I'm really starting to get better at achieving that. I'm not perfect. I am human and I can get very annoyed at times, but having that mindset and being like, Oh, it's just not a big deal. Yeah. I'm really proud of being able to shift in that. And I'm so honored by the fact that my students are so touched that they take the time to reach out and share that I'm impacting their life. Like not just I'm teaching them chemistry and they're getting good grades, but I, I feel like they've communicated that I'm actually impacting their lives. And that is something that I'm really proud of that will never really be on a resume because it's an interpersonal relationship of like, it is me doing that thing of affecting people well that I have like loved them and supported them through this time in their life. Yeah. And that's always my goal. So that's a, a work related thing. I'm also just really proud of uh, the way I was with my mom as she, as her life was ending, mm. which is a little heavy. So I won't yeah. talk about that in depth, but always put the people you love over your work. Yeah. So, That's okay. I've bought you some time. I thought of one. I mean, it's hard to top what you just said, both of yours, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> at the same time, I think mine are kind of, kind of gimme. So I'll say, I think, I would agree. Like I have some situation where I tricked my wife, Emily to marrying me (laughs) truly like always going to wonder how I pulled that off. Yeah. That's how we jam and I being similar. Our partners are also very similar and they're also way out of our leagues in both of our opinions. Although they think that's not true. We definitely know it's true. Yeah. So that's a huge one. But, um, and I think anyone who has kids would be tempted to give, put their kids is like the thing. Yeah. You know? And so I, I'm going to do that. But so I have a son, as you guys know, obviously. And, but I want to add in there. And then this is something that like lots of people could put on the resumes. Yeah. Um, but so it's not like new, but I'm really proud of that. I've ever since my son was born and my wife went back to work after she had uh, 12 weeks of maternity leave. And after she went back to work, I've watched my son for three days a week. Yeah. Um, when my wife works 12 hour shifts and I'm just proud of that. I mean, like it's not something that I was like, this is going to be easy or anything like that. And obviously tons of people have done that for every day of the week for, you know, centuries and millennia and whatever parents and kids have been around forever. But just the, when I think about it and I'm like, Oh, there's a time I hadn't done that at all. And now I've done that every week three days a week watching my son on my own and still doing a full-time job and still doing a full-time job and stuff and anyone who does any amount of that I think you feel that pride and you'd love to put that on your resume like it'd be like like and I watch my (laughs) son and I you know clean up this stuff that he these messes he causes and I figure out how to deal with meltdowns and all that kind of stuff that you feel like 
I really want to put this on a resume. You're like, I've built so many skills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and something I think also is a lot of times in uh, just in the culture that we're in in America, dads aren't as involved or they haven't yeah. been traditionally. And that's just kind of been, we came out of a time where dads worked and moms ran the home and yeah. that was the structure of the family. And I think it's been hard for women to transition into working and then men to realize that, oh, that now the dad has to be at home more too. Like yeah. this has to be like a teeter totter where we balance out, not like now the wife's doing all these things. Yeah. And I have seen some of my male friends do that really well. And some of them maybe are having a harder time. And I, yeah. I do admire how you and your wife split the childcare. It really does feel like you both are very involved in your kid's life and yeah. you both are managing work while also managing him. Yeah. And yeah, I think that that is becoming a lot more common and it should yeah. be, I hope all dads get to be involved like that, you know, because I think it is a joy, Yeah. but it's also a huge adjustment. And so I've really, I've really enjoyed watching not just you, my brother's really involved in his kid's life. I can think of yeah. a lot of guys who I know who are really involved in their kid's life and yeah. who can totally handle them. It's not like the wife is the only one who deals with the kids, Yeah. but I've really had fun watching you guys shift into that. And sometimes it's people like there's, I, there's a lot of people I know also who both the parents work full-time jobs and they actually just have to do some version of daycare is another option. Right. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a lot of situations, it's not up to you. You have to do what you, right. Yeah. What your job, you know, requires or whatever. So that's like, obviously there's all kinds of situations out there. Yeah. But I do remember getting from people who hadn't had really many examples in their lot in their minds of like, yeah. Dads who had been pretty involved in watching their kids, especially from the youngest stages, you know? Yeah. The, some of the comments I would get early on were like, Oh, are you ready? Are you going to, watching you know your kid while your wife's at work and stuff like that <laughs> and it was funny because i would get some of the comments like that and quietly um be lasering holes into their heads <laughs> and i remember just this feeling of like man it's gonna be so funny whenever i freaking crush this <laughs> and and they're just gonna be like whoa you know do you so, feel like you crushed it? Oh, yeah. And I set out to prove all the people who <laughs> made those kind of comments to me uh, very wrong. And I never told them any of the hard things. I always <laughs> made sure to make sure that they only got this really easy report. Yeah. Other people, I gave the full picture. I was like, the people who like that, who kind of cast out on me like that, I'm like, sorry, you're going to feel bad. <laughs> Anyway, just uh, so you they know. probably don't think about it. I do. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, I was not talking about even whether or not daycare was involved. No, no, yeah. I just I went in are. general when the kids yeah. at home, but also I think that's funny because I do remember the first time that Emily had to go back to work and you were going to be there by yourself. Uh -huh. And I was like, that would be scary no matter which parent you were for the yeah. either of you, the first time you're totally alone with a kid yeah. that's yours and yeah. you have to keep it alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're that's yeah. scary when you're even babysitting and you're watching someone else's kid and you're yeah. thinking, wait, I got to keep this kid alive. Okay. But when they're so new, yes. <laughs> it's like your job and yeah. you've had your person there this whole time, you guys have been taking care of it together. Yeah. And now you're by yourself all day yeah. for 12 hours or eight hours or whatever with a tiny human. That's scary for any person, yeah. <laughs> but it would be especially annoying to, as if you couldn't handle it. You're yeah. like, I'm going to handle it. <laughs> yeah. 
But what a terrifying thing that you have to keep this kid alive now. So that's mine. Sorry, I was long, but yeah. No, that's that was, good. I think yeah. that's kind of what this one's about. It's just a bonus episode of us chit-chatting. Okay, the next question from Caitlin H. is, what would you need to happen or has already happened for you to feel successful? Again, getting my husband to marry me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, same. Yeah, you're getting my husband to marry you. Yep. <laughs> that will be it. That will be it. <laughs> uh, I'll be mad. <laughs> <laughs> I will not rest until I'm taking everything from you. Um, getting my wife to marry me is definitely a big one. But uh, wow, what a hard question, dude. Dang. My thought is in some ways that bar is always moving, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. right? Like I think I thought, oh, I'm going to start this podcast and that'll be amazing and I'll feel successful. And I do. But then also I'm like, what if it was the number one podcast? And then it became the number one podcast. And then I was like, what if it pays my bills? In chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, The number one chemistry podcast. Yes. Not the (laughs) The number one of all. (laughs) I don't even think that exists. (laughs) (laughs) So it's almost like that bar keeps, (laughs) it's, it's almost like that bar keeps moving. Yeah. Or, oh, once I get my PhD, I'll feel successful. Well, now I have my PhD and it's like, do what do I need to do to contribute to my family, to yeah. contribute to the podcast? So it does kind of, in one way, feel like the next step is always coming up. But I also do feel very successful, not because of anything I've achieved, I guess, but because I have such good friends and family around me. So my life yeah. feels full. So I'm like, is that successful enough? Yeah, I agree with that. I think... To sort, of, to sort of cop out, I don't think I really, nowadays, for the most part, don't usually think about a, uh, a goal or future bar that I'm trying to hit that's that's kind of the big one, I guess, yeah. that makes sense. I have had those for sure, like definitely not knocking that at all. But I think right now I am in a spot of like, I'm doing the things I want to do and like doing. And yeah. there are a lot of small goals and bars to hit and stuff all the time you know, month to month or whatever. But, um, I don't, I don't currently feel like I've got a really big one that I'm like, I'm building toward that. Um, but that might change. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. The next few are kind of, um, lighthearted. We'll wrap up with some lighthearted ones. Nice. (laughs) Um, so I just read the last one and it really made me laugh. Okay. So these are, I'm going to combine from Preesh and another Instagram user. The questions we got were, what would your last meal be and what is your favorite comfort food? So Ooh. I figure we can kind of combine those and just talk about food we like. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so mine has changed. I've gotten this question before. Just like, it's one of those that can be an ice cream. They just come up. Yeah. Um, a previous one for me, I'll say that so I can kind of give two answers sort of, was that I would have in the past answered Penang curry with chicken mm. as like a like there was a time where that was like like the highest satisfaction of craving the being treat mm-hmm. meal yeah yes so good so spicy I love spicy food so tasty so much flavor everything's great I love the veggies that come in typically from the from most Thai restaurants around here at least so that was one for a while now I think at least today right now my like last meal or comfort meal kind of thing would be some Nashville hot chicken. Ooh, yeah. It just, it, I love it. It's just so good. And that's I've, good. My brother used to live in Nashville. And so I got to have it a few times whenever 
He lived there. He does not live there anymore. And so it's one of those things that's like to really get it. Yeah. It's not just something you can just easily get. I mean, there's other places that do the same style. So it's not, it's not like completely like not, it's not like it's completely a secret that no one could repeat, but it feels to me like, oh, it's like this. Yeah. The thing I've had, it's hard to attain. It's hard to get. And I love it. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm going to go more on the comfort food side. This is kind of weird, but I've been making this smoothie for breakfast and it just makes me feel so comforted. Uh I'm like, this is good for my body. I put frozen squash, some spinach, some blueberries. I'm like, this is good for my body. This is good for my, my brain. I'm like happy to be eating this. I know Uh it's fighting the antioxidants and it just like does give me this sense of comfort. My husband's laughing at me, but it's like I'm doing something good for my body and it makes me really happy. But I also really love pasta, but pasta doesn't love me. We're trying to figure out why my stomach hates me all the time. And Mm. we're suspicious that cheese, which is a big component in most of the pastas I like. Yeah. That's part of it. But I just love a good Prego, no sugar added pasta sauce with some good ravioli. Mm -hmm. It's my jam. Nice. Nice. And then I also, like, if I was going to set up my whole meal, I would probably then have... I also love sushi. It's kind of hard. Yeah. Oh, on my birthday, I had sushi, and then I had some cake with champagne, and that was really good. I love cake with, like, a glass of champagne. Mm. So, and you can buy little individual cakes and individual bottles of champagne. So sometimes if I want to celebrate, I'll go buy like a single serving (laughs) cake and a single serving champagne and have that on a Friday night by Uh myself. (laughs) So I think those are some of my, those are some of my more consistent treats Yeah, and sort of different types of comfort, maybe. Nice. Nice. Those are good. Good choices. Oh, my husband, who it's well past his bedtime, is ready to chime in. He's gotten delirious enough to get on the mic. He's ready to share with you what his last meal slash favorite comfort food would would be. So there's this hot pot place. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like a whole experience. So that's nice Uh for it being your last meal. And when you leave, you don't feel... Like you've eaten too much or it's gross. It's like a nice, healthy-ish, kind of like what you're saying with your smoothie. Yeah. Like it makes you feel like it's a good full. Satisfied, not mm-hmm. like bursting. Exactly. Of course. So that would be my my last meal. Nice. Nice. I realized that two years ago when I had it, and I was like, yep, this could be it. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say the last thing Mason did before the pandemic started was go to hot pot with his family at that restaurant. That was one of the last things he did. So Dang. that could have been his, one of his sort last of, yeah. eat out meals. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the last two questions are kind of light and fun too. In that same way. Okay. One is what wild animal would you have as a pet if there were no ethical or safety issues? Okay. Interesting. I'm definitely going to go penguin. <laughs> Because then I would also have to have an ice rink. Yeah. Me and that penguin would skate around. Oh, that'd be cute. That'd be so cool. Okay, man, what an interesting question. No ethical or... Okay. Hmm. Okay, I I don't know. This is my idea. (laughs) I might have a bit different one later. Whatever. But ever since I was a kid, I thought it'd be super cool to have a raccoon. Because (laughs) they're very able and capable. I mean, obviously, they can get into trouble and stuff. Yeah. But... 
say you got one that hadn't been trained up in the ways of like too too wild and yeah. had not was not getting to the trash too much or whatever. But they they can open all kinds of things. They're very capable. Yeah, they could be like in Pocahontas. They could be a good sidekick. Yes, yes. And I think they're if you don't think of them as a you know causing mischief kind of and like they tend to be in most of our experiences. Mm-hmm. They I think they're pretty cute and they are pretty cute. Yeah, they just have a unique look to them and all that kind of stuff. So I think if you could if you could train it and you know. Make sure there's no problems about like rabies or whatever other things they might carry around or something like that. It'd be super cool to have a raccoon. That would be cool. Yeah. Also, giraffes are super cool. Yeah. They're yeah. just really cool. They're fascinating. We'd have to have like a habitat for that. Yeah. Okay. And the last one, oh, I'm not sure if I said this. That one was from Caitlin R. Okay. The last question is from Bridget. And I want to shout out Bridget because. She has a degree in science and she's been doing these scientific animations that are really cool uh-huh. on Twitter. And I'm usually liking or interacting with her posts because they're so beautiful. I really, really like them. Um, but Brid- Bridget asked, <laughs> how would you rather pronounce Chipotle Aristotle? Both like Aristotle or both like Chipotle? <laughs> so your options are Chipotle, Chipotle Aristotle. Or Chipotle Aristotle, I can't say it. Chipotle Aristotle. Chip- yes, Chipotle Aristotle or Chipotle Aristotle. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Every time I read this, <laughs> I laugh. Chipotle Aristotle. It would be more like that. Chipotle yeah. Aristotle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chipotle Aristotle. Um, so I think I would Maybe go- it would be Chipotle. Chipotle Aristotle. Yeah. I think if I we added Chipotle two, in there, yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> I would like to do Chipotle Aristotle. I think partly because <laughs> I have a friend who used to just just switch the L and the T. Chipotle, mm. Chipotle, Chipotle could not convince him to do the way. He just like it was too set in his brain that, that was how to say it. <laughs> so I think the idea of of me accidentally or whatever mispronouncing Chipotle around would would annoy me too much. Mm. Aristotle, fine with me. Not worry about it. Chipotle Aristotle. Aristotle. <laughs> what about you? I like Chipotle Aristotle. <laughs> I don't know that that was an option given, but yeah. it makes me Chipotle love. Aristotle. They're both wrong, which would be fun. <laughs> one of the things I did say a thing about it, being annoyed about mispronouncing Chipotle, whatever. But what, what I like to do sometimes is pronounce something <laughs> in the way that I want to, and it be like enough where people know what I'm talking about, but it be very much very off of what the real thing is. So at some time ago, about I would guess sometime around five years ago, I got in my head that it was just funny sounding to me to call Chipotle. Chipoot Scoot. <laughs> it is like so far from the real word. I was not expecting that at all. I think I've already heard the story and I was you still have, surprised. Yeah. So you're saying like, should we go get some Chipoot Scoot? <laughs> Just usually no one knows what you're talking about. At least most of the time around me, they do. And it just is way fun to say. And sometimes I just, I don't know. I think it's just too fun to say things that like, 
are that weird to say. I don't know. I definitely have the sleepy time sillies because I laughed really hard at the <laughs> Yeah, it's very dumb. It is, I'm sorry. Uh, that was a good one to that. end on. Okay, well, thanks, Bridget, for that. And thanks to all of you who sent in our icebreaker and get to know your questions. There was a lot more. We could probably even do an extra one. And so let us know if you like these, if you want us to do these more often. We think this is fun. Jam and I are friends IRL, so we chat about random stuff like this all the time. So we think that this kind of stuff is really fun. And we can easily rope Mason on some of these, which is really always fun too. We could probably never get Emily in on them because yeah. she's kind of, you know, she's very private. Yes. But especially the Chipotle Aristotle one, the more times you want to send them questions like that, the happier we'll be. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, if you guys like that, we obviously want to balance. Like, of course, the right. podcast is, exists for helping you understand the chemistry of your daily life. But yes, it's fun to get to just hang out and talk and hear fun questions from you guys and feel right. kind of like we're hanging out with you all. So that's cool, too. And also, we have thought about making these maybe more regularly and making them available only to those who register on Ko-Fi. So if that's something that you think you'd want to do, support us on Ko-Fi and get more Q&R episodes like this that are nothing about chemistry and just fun extra content. I mean, chemistry is fun too, but yeah, just non-chemistry fun extra content. Then let us know. Let us know what you think about it. We love hearing from you and we love learning ways to make your experience with our show better. This episode of Chemistry for Life was created by Melissa Clooney and Jam Robinson. And we'd like to give a special thanks to E. Robinson who reviewed this episode. Mm-hmm.